Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. A roundtable twosome, making it an even better day. And this, where the election writ has dropped, I mean, it's just a, a perfect storm, so to speak. Catherine Swift is in the House, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, current spokesperson for Working Canadians. Catherine, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. And Buzz Hargrove, former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers and now a distinguished visiting prof at Ryerson University's Ted Rogers School of Management. How's Buzz doing? Great, John. Good to see you. You know, I've got to ask you right off the hop. We were just talking to Aaron O'Toole. Uh, he's a CPC candidate for Durham, and he was talking about how, you know, this SNC-Lavalin thing, the probe won't go away. The RCMP was looking into the matter of obstruction of justice. They've now had to put a halt to it because the election's on, but uh, they were being stifled by the PMO and uh, the clerk of the Privy Council, you know, all the inner circle. They sort of circled the wagons around the prime minister, and he says that honesty and integrity are going to be central issues. And I wonder if they are, or is it going to be personality? Is it going to be issues like the economy, uh, climate change, I guess, for uh, younger demographics seems to be resonating? How do you think this thing is going to play out? What will be the defining issues? Is there one, actually, uh, or other considerations in this campaign, Catherine? Oh, uh uh, the cost of living is coming up very, very frequently. Uh, it's coming up in public opinion polls. I've actually been doing some door knocking uh, in my uh, where I live with the candidate, and I live in the 905, that crucial, you know, that's going to be, they say, the deciding ground for this election. And the cost of living is coming up constantly with people. So, I mean, I don't discount the other issues you're talking about, John. There's no question. Certain, you know, certain subgroups have, have various concerns. I don't think the integrity, honesty, you know, corruption, et cetera, is going to go Way. Uh, we're going to see Jody Wilson-Raybould's book coming out in about another week or so, and that's uh, that's going to ha- have another firestorm. And of course, it depends how effective the opposition parties are at hammering away at that issue, because we know it disturbed Canadians. Because when it first came came out, the Liberals, you know, plummeted in the opinion polls. So we know that that does resonate. The question is, is it considered old news now or whatever? And this this business about stymieing an RCMP inquiry, boy. It, they have pulled so many fast ones to try to shove things under the rug. You've got to figure they got some real, real dirty stuff if they're working so hard to hide it. All right. Uh, Buzz, do you think this will be a game changer or a deal breaker insofar as, you know, polls suggesting that there's a pretty firm support in certain areas with the Liberals, Quebec, uh, you know, they may have some battles there with uh, the Bloc but, and the Conservatives in certain pockets. But, you know, it's like shoring up where you've got support. The 905 is going to be critical, as Catherine says. Uh, Will it be one on issues, uh, brand loyalty, the thing about integrity, honesty, transparency, all that personality stuff? How do you see it? Well, the economy is going to be the number one issue, as it always is. Nobody can ignore that. And Catherine's right, the cost of living. Uh, You hear that a lot, uh, no matter where you go. Uh, Today, uh, young people especially, uh, the price of housing, the price of Fruits and vegetables, for example, which you never used to hear much about. Young people complaining about the cost of the of the vitals that they need for them and their their families. Climate change. I I'm quite surprised at the at the legs that that issue is getting across the country. It seems that 
that uh, people have woken up and said, geez, you know, we can all have everything today and nothing tomorrow, or we can start planning and doing something. And uh, who's got the most practical plan to do something uh, about that issue, I think, is going to gain some support. You do. All right. Uh, well, the other in- interesting thing is the Canadian Taxpayers Federation came out with a list of 19 things that they would like to see, proposals to the various parties when it comes to cobbling together policy uh, amongst them. Uh, number three, ending corporate welfare and scrapping the media bailout. You like that idea, Buzz? No. No, I, again, I don't. I think it's too, way too simplistic. You have, uh, we have to do what the rest of the world uh, is doing, and that is... We have to look at what makes sense in a particular industry or a particular com- a company and try to ensure that uh, we're not uh, losing ground while others are, are stealing our, uh, our work. So you're talking about corporate welfare. You support I'm, it. I'm, talk- I'm talking about uh, a strategic plan to ensure that we're not at the losing end. We're now recognized as a top-notch uh, 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 producer uh, in, a, in a number of, uh, of fields. And if we allow other countries to, to put the incentives on the table for the companies, that's where they're going to go. They're not going to come here if we don't find a way to entice them to come. And that could be incentives. It could be a number of things that we could do uh, to make it more attractive for them to invest and put their work in Canada. But as soon as you start picking winners and losers, where does that end, Catherine? Well, it's it's not that simple, even though, uh, you know, it's, it's true. There's a, a whole bunch of variables that play into a competitiveness question for a, a given business. But the problem, with the, well, one of the many problems with corporate welfare, but one of the key problems is it doesn't get distributed on the basis of economic sanity. It gets to, it's at, oh, is that a liberal writing or is that a conservative writing or whatever? You know, that's how it gets distributed. We see that in spades with the SNC-Lavalin's, the Bombardiers, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So if, if you could truly trust some decision maker in government, which is a stretch but if you could to say you know we this is very strategic then maybe you could justify it but that is not the basis uh, on which 99.9 percent of corporate welfare is distributed and as as someone who worked with small business which is roughly half the economy uh, and a lot of job creation there uh, they're not the recipients of corporate welfare what they want is a fair equitable level playing field tax system and regulatory system. Fair to everyone. And I, I agree with Buzz, though. Other countries aren't going to stop doing it. So, I mean, we, we can't be Pollyanna on that issue. But unfortunately, the way we do it now is a waste of taxpayers' dollars way more often than not and disadvantages the very companies who pay the taxes to pay other people corporate welfare. But they're managing to stay afloat. They're managing their business successfully. So we're rewarding the failures at their expense. With Catherine Swift and Buzz Hargrove, here's another one, just one that I picked out of the 19, and Buzz, you might like this, switching the public sector workers to defined contribution pensions. Because they got, you know, defined benefit pensions. That's a thing of the past, isn't it? No, they, they got it wrong. It should be switching private sector workers to the... To the <laughs> Who defined has a defined benefit, benefit defined pension benefit anymore? And I'm uh, riding my uh, unicorn plans. home tonight. Because <laughs> that's about how it, realistic that is. make it right is. just because the corporations have been powerful enough uh, to force this change on people. It, it It's really, really tragic when the whole question of who's going to suffer as the workers if there's a downturn in the economy because they happen to invest in the wrong uh, stock on the stock market under these defined contribution plans. They're absolutely awful for working people and their families. 
Well, the real problem, the real problem with the defined benefit model is not that at all. It's that it was devised at a time when we, the baby boomer generation, were massive in numbers and the retirees were very small in numbers. Uh, There's pension plans that uh, 10 or sorry, about 30, 30, 40 years ago had 10 working people paying into one retiree's pension. Now that's flipped right around. I, I know the Ontario Teachers is a good example. It's now moving toward one to one. How can you sustain? that. They were also devised at a time where people maybe got lucky and lived till 70. Now people are living till 90 and beyond and so on. So this is a model that was set up with a bunch of assumptions that do not exist anymore. The only reason it still exists, and actually there was a really good article, and I think it was The Globe recently, uh, Fred Vitizzi, who's the chief actuary at Morneau Chappelle, you know, that Mm. Morneau, uh, and um, he said the only reason you have defined benefit pensions in government is that they can dip into the taxpayer's pocket massively, the tune of about $40 billion every single year, by the way, uh, big, big bucks involved here, they can dip into taxpayers' pockets. Corporations, companies, small businesses, they don't have that luxury. They're operating in a competitive marketplace. So, Buzz, I hate to tell you, that's a nice pipe dream. It is not realistic at all. I, I totally disagree with... Well, that's uh, fine, but the friend, facts are what they are, uh, you know? Uh, Catherine, I, I agree with the, the stats and some... Places where the uh, the number of retirees has has uh, switched now from what it was uh, as uh, twenty thirty uh, years ago, but the the challenge for us as a as a civil society is to try to find a way to accommodate those changes. What do we need to do? We don't need to put all the risk on workers and their families as to whether or not they're going to have a pension. Yeah, after you put, well, you're putting all 20, the risk on average 20, 30, people now. Years. Yeah, you, you could make portable pensions, for example, where people could carry their service from one company to another in, a, in a, an economy that people don't normally work for 30 or 40 years for, for Yeah, but if the market company. goes south... fine. Yeah, portability is fine. But right now, for the public sector, which is where virtually all of the defined benefit pensions remain, taxpayers bear 100% of the risk. Your public sector employee bears zero. That is profoundly unfair, and those private sector people are struggling to try to save for their own retirement and not doing a great job because so much is sucked out of their pockets to put into the public sector gold-plated pensions. Right, and if the uh, investment in the pension plans for the private sector goes south, the company then has a drag on economic growth because they can't expand. They've got to fund that liability. I mean, these are the things, Buzz, we ought to reconsider. Again, Pub- there, there, there's always uh, uh, cases where you have to look at what makes sense in a particular company or a particular industry as we go through uh, the kind of uh, demographic changes that we see uh, today. But that doesn't make the case that somehow we should get rid of uh, defined pension benefit plans in the public sector or any other sector that still uh, has them. Most companies today, given a choice that I dealt with in the past, would pay defined pension benefit plans because they know it's better for their workers and better for them to get a long-term commitment out of their work. Well, there's a lot of pension. There's a lot of pension plans. You can have blended plans. There's a lot of options other or than the, the public pure sector gold-plated. takes less of a salary. The wage component has to come down. Well, that, because... that used to be the case. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.